This is What the FC. I'm Will Martin. And I'm Matt McCutcheon. MLS is weird, and we love a good story. Let's go. Welcome back to What the FC. Today, we are going to be tackling episode one of our MLS 101 mini-series. Today, we're going to be taking you through a real brief overview and introduction to Major League Soccer. So we're going to be touching on history of the league, where it started to where it is today, a little overview of the league, um, what does the competition format look like, and whether anyone actually cares about this league. We're going to touch a little bit <laughs> yeah. on the TV viewership statistics, the attendance, okay. that kind of stuff, just to kind of give you a context of that. So looking yeah. forward to it, Matt. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what like the um, TV ratings and fan following, I guess like the positioning of MLS within um, American sports, like yeah, compared like, to NBA and um, I guess like the capacity to like one day. I mean, as a soccer fan, obviously I want soccer to be like number one in the u.s but it'll be interesting to see like how far away we are currently from that so in this we're going to assume nothing we're going to assume you know you or anyone else knows absolutely nothing about this so we're going to go from basic and advance you all the way through to complex so major league soccer mls for short is the first division the highest level of professional soccer in the united states and canada okay it's like the mlb and nhl Okay. Um, so it's also got the Canadian teams in it. Yeah. So, it's so, not so kind of American. like, yeah, yeah. So like MLB, NHL, NBA, you have Toronto. Yeah. NBA as well. yeah, yeah. So, that's yeah. Cool. So, so it's almost a little, it's a little too country. It's similar to the Premier League, right? You've got some Welsh teams as well as some yeah, English teams. Yeah. Fair enough. So, a similar type of idea there. We're, this is the first division, the highest level of soccer okay. in the United States and in Canada. So, the way the league was founded, the genesis was the United States bidding to host the 1994 FIFA World Cup. I think this is something that a lot of casual MLS fans or people that don't know MLS don't know. So, so yeah. we bid, Unless you're from like that older yeah, um, generation. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, and, and, not old generation. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, call anyone <laughs> out or anything, yeah. but like from the generation that yeah. was alive and remembers that yeah. time. I mean, well. both me and you were born in 1999. Yeah. So. so this was five years before we were born. Yeah. So uh, the U.S. successfully bid to host the 1994 World Cup, but the stipulation was that they would found a new U.S. soccer number one league. We used to have the NASL back in like the 70s and 80s, and mm-hmm. that saw some brief success and then yeah, came crashing I, that down That was really like uh, George Best, Pele, oh, yeah. like the New York Cosmos. Pele with the New York or, Cosmos, if yeah. you're familiar with that era. It, 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 it hit some highs, yeah. but... It came crashing down real, real okay. hard. Um, so the U.S. was without a major professional soccer league for almost a decade. And so this was the stimulus to bring it in. So okay. they began play in 1996 with only 10 teams. Okay. Um, so they only had 10 teams from the start. Inaugural season was 1996. And... At the beginning, it was a lot like the NASL days. Uh, they yeah. had a lot of financial problems. They had a lot of operational problems. 
and it ended up with two of the teams folding by 2002. So oh, wow. they they encountered a lot of issues think, at the beginning. Yeah, I think in WSL, the the National Women's Soccer League, or mm-hmm. is kind of experiencing that same like. Yeah, you you um, get that it's new and yes, exciting, exactly. and then it kind of settles in, and there's no more recency bias, and it just kind of exactly. how can you maintain that momentum? Okay. And, and they are seeing a little bit of that, yeah. that struggle right now, I think. Um, so yeah, so. Early MLS was that really weird time of MLS. They really tried to Americanize it a bit too much. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you want the league to be inherently American, but mm-hmm. they went a little a little overboard with it in the early okay. years, I, as I think most soccer fans can kind of agree. Yeah. We did the crazy like penalty run-ups or whatever. Oh, that, yeah. that like when, whenever I think MLS. Um, I think of just very obscure, very, I mean, just totally off the rails in terms of like in comparison with oh, yeah. um, European soccer, some that I'm more familiar with. So yeah, like, I mean, they like, had a, they had an NHL style shootout for the first couple years. Doesn't of the make league. sense whatsoever because yeah. NHL is on a smaller playing oh, yeah. field or whatever. And the surface, you're going a lot faster. Yeah. So like um, the fact that people are going to be like sprinting from 30 to freaking yards out or whatever um running up to the keeper it it was just an absolute nightmare y'all y'all definitely should do some homework and go look up highlights of that on youtube it's really fascinating oh yeah if you if you don't know what we're talking about go look up major league soccer like shootout from like 2000 and it is it's so much fun but also really dumb they also had like (laughs) the clock would count down to zero so it wasn't on the referees watch like it is in european soccer and stuff so i think it's still like that in high school yeah Um, it's still like so like if you've ever played high school soccer like that kind of thing right so they obviously eliminated that stuff around the late 90s early 2000s because there was a lot of backlash from it um and then 2002 the miami fusion and the Tampa Bay Mutiny folded. Uh, the league decided to contract them. Good riddance with those names. Good yeah. lord. Oh, yeah. There were some <laughs> epic names in, in early MLS. So they had a lot of a lot of issues early on. But really the stimulus for them stabilizing the league was another World Cup. So in 2002, the USA made this really shocking surprise run to the quarterfinals. Yeah, which was yeah, I, I wasn't even aware of until yeah. uh, we, I mean, they mention it every World Cup, but you kind of forget about yeah. it. And so, just yeah. like preparing for like this episode, I was like, "What the heck?" I mean, the, that U.S. team was legit. This was the World Cup in uh, Korea and Japan. Okay, and this was like Eddie Pope at center back, Claudio Reyna. Uh, okay, so if you're uh, if you follow Bundesliga, that is yeah. Gio was, Reyna's dad. Yeah, um, so. He was a legit holding midfielder. That's Landon Donovan when he was young. I mean, uh, just a really epic team of yeah. some big, big names in, in if you know the United States national team history. So that kind of fueled a rise and in interest in the game, and we'd also shifted over. So the original commissioner left um, and was replaced by Don Garber, who is still the commissioner today. He made a lot of changes that helped stabilize the league financially. So they focused on building more soccer-specific stadiums. Columbus Crew was the first soccer-specific stadium in the U.S. with Matt Free Stadium. That was 1999 when they built that Didn't thing. Didn't they just rebuild? Like, they just built a new one. Yeah. yeah so they were still I, playing in it. Yeah, they wow. were still playing in it in okay. 2020. So it was a two-decade-old stadium. And then that thing was like bare bones. But it was 
yeah. at the time, crazy, right? So okay. they really shifted the focus to building soccer civic stadiums so that you just weren't in these cavernous NFL stadiums that you couldn't fill yeah. and didn't have good atmosphere and all that kind of stuff. Which isn't necessarily like the case anymore because you have like Atlanta United. Those of you who don't know, they play in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Right. Which Seattle is, plays in CenturyLink Stadium. Exactly. Yep. And they fill it up almost oh, as yeah. much. I think Atlanta United has more attendance than... Uh, Seattle. Then, yeah, they do. Uh, well, even than the Falcons, or or maybe season ticket holders, or something. I, it's crazy. I, I remember seeing some statistic yeah. about that on like ESPN yeah. or something. But they are definitely. Um, you'll see later on when we get to the attendance. They're kind of the two outliers. Okay. Everyone else is a little bit lower on the attendance figure, so it makes much more sense to have these smaller stadiums where it's packed. Yeah. Rather than you'd rather have a twenty thousand seat stadium and twenty two thousand people want to come to the game. And you had to leave 2,000 people out rather than have 20,000 people in a 50,000-seat stadium. Yeah. Big, big difference there. So they really stabilized following that 2002 FIFA World Cup. Obviously, that was the year that the two teams folded. They kind of consolidated a lot of the ownership and got it on better financial footing. And then they started expanding the league again in 2005. So we went from eight teams in 2004 to 26 teams now. We've got 23 in the U.S. and three in Canada. Yeah. That's a lot of teams. Just like a lot of teams. I know, within the Premier League, I think it's nineteen teams that they have. Twenty uh, or is it twenty? Okay, yeah, twenty. Yeah, it's an even twenty. In yeah, 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 yeah. And and then the bottom three get relegated and what have you. Um, but twenty six, and, and and I think it's supposed to be what like how many once Charlotte's well, like in of the, the announced expansion teams. We're gonna we're gonna be at thirty by twenty twenty three. So Austin FC comes in next year. Okay, uh, Charlotte comes in in twenty twenty two. And then I believe St. Louis and Sacramento in 2023 is the target. Okay. That will take us to 30. So that is 10 more than what the Premier League has. So that's pretty crazy. So we'll we'll break down how they kind of do that from a competition format here in a little bit. Obviously, you have to have a conference system like a lot of American sports leagues do. Yeah, we have like an Eastern Conference and like NBA, Western Conference. I just hope it's not as like confusing as NFL is in terms of having the AFL and then, yeah. um, oh God, what, what, I don't even remember what the other like league is. You have like oh, AFC, a- 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 I mean AFC, NFC. not AFL, AFC, AFC and NFC, and NFC yeah. North. And like those are all broken down into their smaller and their divisions, divisions too. And it gets crazy. So yeah. no divisions here, just straight two conferences, okay. but cool. yeah. So what makes, what makes this able to happen is MLS is actually a single entity structure. Each team is actually technically owned by the league and then individually operated by the league investors they're just commonly referred to as the owners but importantly there's no promotion relegation due to this structure so that is one of the ways that they actually financially stabilize the league yeah you can't convince an owner to come in and spend millions and millions of dollars on a risky business venture yeah so they need to create this structure where you're guaranteed this amount of revenue every year and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And all our American sports fans will be really familiar with that. That's how the NHL, yeah. MLB, all the NFL, all, there's no promotion relegation. Those. No. It's a very American thing. You need to you need to have an encourager for people to spend money because yeah. they know they're going to be in the league year on year and have this base amount that they're going to earn. It makes it much less volatile of an investment if you're thinking just dollars and cents. Yeah, but I mean, I think the danger with that is like stagnation and people can easily take advantage of that. Like, I mean, in NBA, you see teams like will tank like an entire season Um, or NFL. I think it was, um, what what was it? Tank for Tua was like the trend or whatever. (laughs) Um, And and so you have these people like take advantage of it. And I mean, they'll I guess they, they they're 
um, they're not punished. I, I think like properly for like for I mean as a fan, I wouldn't want to see my team just go like freaking two and sixteen or or what have you, just so that we can get a quarterback that might be good like the next year right. as a rookie. So I mean, it gets frustrating. Yeah, it gets frustrating. Um, so Matt, for like American sports fans, someone that doesn't know soccer, just give them a quick explainer of what promotion relegation is in terms of uh, like European soccer, really soccer anywhere other than the United States. Yeah. America. Okay. Promotion relegation in the most simple terms is uh, you have your top flight, you have the NFL, but in order to keep things fresh, in order to punish teams for not being like at the level of play that everyone else is, the bottom three normally um, depends on like which league you're in. It can be more or less. Um, the bottom three teams that finish will get relegated. So they will get demoted into the lower league. So it'd yeah. be like if uh, who's a terrible baseball team um yeah, like some someone that's been bad in MLB for a long time it's like them getting demoted to AAA yeah exactly and so then you have the people in like the second division the top 3 will get promoted and go into the top flight uh into the Premier League and so then you have new faces a new story you have i mean sometimes yeah. you have investors like who don't really know what they're doing <laughs> but will just like splash so much cash on these players and hope cuz when you get promoted to the first division you get the tv contracts yeah, you that the, come with it yeah and, and i know in the premier league so the top flight in england uh their their tv contract is something like oh, it's, ridiculous. it's like 60 or 70 million dollars per season it's in ridiculous. terms of like their bonus that each yeah. team gets and like that's like the amount of money that like a lot of high level teams in other leagues are making yeah. total not just on tv deals so you get like you get the tv deals you get the brand exposure you get a lot more fans coming merchandise sales everything is yeah. boosted and so it makes it a lot more competitive um in order the other way too though when you go down makes yeah. it difficult you got to start laying people off you got to trim player wages exactly off. so and it's really difficult yeah. to come right back up uh yeah so it really it really incentivizes you to not be one of those bottom three teams because bad exactly. things happen when you get relegated yeah and and so i think i don't know I'm, I'm torn in terms of like bringing promotion relegation to mls i don't think it's realistic right now but i think in like 10 or 15 years i think it's like crucial that we do in order that we have teams like i mean i guess maybe not as much this season for those of you who've been following mls but like orlando city like they have been absolute garbage their entire existence and it's like we don't want to have just these garbage teams like we we, we want to i mean if they are garbage we want them fighting for their lives to like still be playing like in in the um yeah. in the league Exactly. Orlando City fans, we love you, but your team has sucked for five years now yes. uh, since they came into the league as an expansion team in 2015. But yeah, think about that. If we had promotion relegation, they would have come into the league and then immediately gotten relegated. Exactly. Like, so so as long as we're still in this expansion yeah. phase, you have to make it a safe investment for investors. But I am with you. I hope we see promotion relegation in the United States in the future. We're also going to have to have a much stronger second division to make that possible. Yes. The USL, which is the United Soccer League, um, is currently the second division in the United States. And it is not not exactly strong no. um the, not not really high attendance numbers depends on where you go but um you've got clubs uh, charlotte I mean, independence yeah. for example is a part of usl um and then you've got some like 
You got Charleston Toronto, Battery. You got like Toronto you FC got like, too. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You got you got MLS teams operating in that league. So there's yeah. a lot of problems to solve if we want promotion relegation here. But yeah. that's kind of the quick promotion relegation yeah. uh, explainer there. If you want to know a little bit more about you know the single entity structure and all these crazy roster rules and financial stability and all oh that God. kind of stuff that comes from this, yeah. go over to episode four. Um, we're going to be breaking that one down. Uh, that's that's going to be a that's going to be a headache, but it's yeah. really fascinating. I mean, there's from designated players to targeted allocation money, general allocation money, homegrown players, all this kind of stuff. Whether the league gets a cut when you sell people, I mean, just some crazy stuff that goes on in Major League Soccer. And if you don't know it, you will be lost trying to figure out what what signings your team's making so definitely tune over to that episode we have a great definitely. time with that one yeah. um kind of back to a little quick overview um the regular season for major league soccer runs from late february slash early march depending on the year um and all the way through october and then you've got the playoffs in late october into november okay is so, that is that like mainly due to like weather in north america yeah like being frozen winter yeah. so you I can't mean, get go to like vancouver or yeah i mean imagine imagine trying to play uh, you know, New Year's New Year's Eve game in like Montreal or Boston. Yeah, it would be. It's just not possible, really. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it's just really not possible. So they would have to take some sort of winter break as well as compete with all the uh, major sports in America, like the NFL, NBA, that are all on that that fall to spring schedule. Mm-hmm. So it'd be really difficult. Obviously, Major League Soccer runs into some problems with its summer schedule from uh, when there's a World Cup or, or whatever. There are yeah. people that miss league games, and that's a problem with them. They try to take breaks to coincide with the international breaks, and that definitely is a problem, but summer soccer in the U.S. is pretty great. And if you're a European fan, this gives you some soccer in the that dull European off-season gap. Yeah. Um, you can follow all your transfer rumors for your uh, Premier League team or La Liga team yeah. and go to some MLS games Yeah, in the that summer. was always my like resolution for the summers. I would be like, oh, gosh, I finally have some time. I can go watch some MLS, figure out what the heck that's all about, but yeah. then end up getting like a job. Yeah. And, so it's and obviously following. in – it's really for two reasons. One, to avoid uh, the horrible, horrible winter weather we have in the northern reaches of Canada and the U.S., and then number two, to put ourselves in a more advantageous TV market where there's a a less saturated market um, in a very saturated sports landscape in the U.S. So that's kind of the reasoning there. We'll probably see that sticking around for the foreseeable future. Um, They will probably have to try to shift to align with the world soccer calendar at some point if they want to be recognized as a top league. But that is such pie in the sky uh, stuff that it's not even, not even really worth talking about right now. So fair enough. um, So to move over to how you win a championship in MLS. So, the regular season is 34 games. Uh, like we spoke about earlier, you've got 26 teams currently, so there's no way you can just do a single table. So you've got teams geographically divided into Western and Eastern conferences. So Charlotte FC coming in in 2022, it's obviously going to be Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, that means an unbalanced schedule. So currently at 26 teams, it changes every year because we're always bringing in expansion teams currently. Yeah. But currently you play twice against everyone in your conference and then once against most of the other teams in the other conferences but okay. actually not all so because really? of the amount of teams 2020 was the uh, was the first year that not every team would play every team oh, wow. so you actually play 10 of the 13 teams in the other conference right now um wow. and just because there's no better way to do it right now so obviously once it gets to 30 maybe that might change around a little yeah. bit it's changing every year but that's how it works right now 
So the team with the most points out of all teams, so between Western and Eastern Conference out of all teams, wins the Supporters' Shield. So they're the regular season champion. Okay, so like the Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks have like won the regular season, and then yeah. you had Toronto or yeah. like the year before or something like that. Exactly, so exactly. That's like people are like, oh, wow. Like that, so right. that is the Supporters' Shield. Uh, they, there's an actual big circular shield. It looks a lot like the Bundesliga trophy. Um, okay. It's a pretty cool thing. So that is what that team gets. Obviously, it's much more valuable to be the regular season champion in England, in the Premier League, because oh, yeah. that is the whole goal. Exactly. Uh, it's just a table, and you're just trying to have the most points at the end. Yeah. But here, the Supporters' Shield... I mean, it's a trophy. You want to win it. I never, I never hear about it. Like people, you know, like no, no one's talking about the Milwaukee Bucks like being the best NBA exactly. team during the regular season. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, no one would have cared that Toronto was the best team if they hadn't uh, won the NBA championship that yeah. season. No one cares. Um, obviously, it's great because if your team wins a supporter shield, that means every time you showed up at the stadium that year, you watched some pretty epic soccer. Yeah, and it sets you up better for what everyone actually cares about which is the playoffs and mls cup so you've got the mls cup playoffs right now the top seven teams from each conference qualify for the playoffs so 14 total teams if you finish first in your conference so meaning you won the supporter shield Mm -hmm. or uh, so if the supporter shield winner came out of the western conference they're number one in the western conference and then whoever's number one in the eastern conference you get a first round bye okay um, so obviously that is very desirable. Yes. Um, if you are at the top of the league, you're setting yourself up much, much better to win an MLS Cup. Um, they recently switched the format of MLS Cup. They used to be like, just like Champions League. They used to have the home and away aggregate format. Okay. So if you're not familiar with Champions League or European soccer, uh, Matt, like what what did that look like in Champions League? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously this year is an anomaly because they had single um, elimination games. But um, so, yeah, typically you'd have group stage. And so, uh, I mean, every team would play every team in the in their group twice, I believe. But then the top teams would move on to the next part of the tournament. And so it would be. I mean, like Manchester City versus PSG or something. So you would play um, initially like the home game at um, Manchester City. And since I guess technically PSG would be at a disadvantage since they're playing away, their yeah. goals would count. They're, they would be like more important if it was like three yeah. three overall or something like that. But th- that's a little bit more technical than I need to go into. Yeah, um, you, you play the two yeah. legs, right? And yeah. So, so like each switch. team gets a home game. Yeah, exactly. So that it's not like um, it's it's like in America when you have like the best of seven series yes. and that kind of stuff. But it's a best it's just two games and instead of just like you get a like you get one win if you win one game the scores add up yes exactly yeah. so like i mean it would be kind of crazy if they did that in basketball oh, how awesome so would yeah you would have like a blowout like 120 <laughs> to like 90 so then yeah. you have to have like the next game okay, well, the other team would have to points. win by like yeah 30 points so that's exactly crazy. how it works and yes. um because it's lower scoring you have the away goal rule where if you score an away goal because it's you know, quote unquote, harder to score a goal yeah. away from home, then you get kind of like if it ends three three, but you scored like two away goals and the other mm-hmm. team only scored one away goal, you would go through. Yeah. Um. So that's how MLS used to do it. Okay. But they switched it for 2019. So last season was the okay. first year they switched it to straight single elimination, knockout round, March Madness style knockout bracket. Very cool. Um. The you had the top seven teams from each. The top seed gets the buy. Higher seed hosts. 
all the way through, including MLS Cup. So, so it gives more like an incentive for teams to do well in the supporter yeah, shield. Exactly. So if you win season. if you win the supporter shield, you will be playing your entire playoff run at home. Wow. All the way through MLS Cup. Even MLS Cup is not neutral venue. It's not like the Super Bowl or mm-hmm. like Champions League where the final is a neutral yeah, venue. Yeah, yeah. If you're the highest seed, you get to host your MLS Cup final at your place, which is awesome i think i think it's so much fun yeah it incentivizes you to do well in the regular season and have that home field exactly because like before that like i mean whenever people would mention that they won like the community shield or whatever supporter shield supporter shield yeah sorry community shield is uh i mean again again uh, no one cares about it yeah probably get the name wrong a lot yeah (laughs) yeah exactly my point (laughs) Um, so like i don't really like dwell on that like if ever i see like a headline for the mls it's oh they la galaxy wins like the um mls Cup or, right. or, or what Cup, yeah. yeah yeah so um that is how it works now um so it was a roaring success last year i mean it just made for some thrilling games because yeah i know it, it was similar to that in the champions league this year because people were talking about they want to see single images stick think around in champions a couple league. of the executives yeah. of the uefa um who were saying um so like the executive board of the tournament that hosts it were saying that they they would like it which was really kind of confusing because everyone's like oh they'll never continue with this because it's less tv time less broadcast money but yeah everyone's just like dying to watch like the results and it was just it just led to these amazing upsets like these cinderella stories like you get in march madness yeah exactly um so so much fun and you don't end up with a team just coming in trying to like tie again tie the first leg zero zero and then win it and then I, you just yeah. get just absolute crazy games where everyone is going all out for the win. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was pretty awesome. And you, but you still get a good value for doing well in the regular season. You can make that run, but if you're the last team in, you're playing away the whole way through. And playing away in MLS is hard. Thinking about think about being Charlotte FC. Say Charlotte FC is a seven seed, and they yeah. qualify, and they have to go play you know away at like seattle or whatever okay like so it, 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 oh, no, it's, it's it's technically sorry yeah it's it's eastern conference western conference okay. they play but each other theoretically if they theoretically. played each other i mean think like about f- like miami having to play uh new york city yeah. or or new england revolution like that's a long way that's not just like that's a flight right yeah. and then think and then about MLS. vancouver to like san jose yeah. or, or what it makes you. it it's hard to play away in mls you've got weird artificial turf fields in places because of crazy weather mm-hmm. and like finances and you know you've got nycfc playing out of a baseball stadium they play yeah. in yankee stadium so they've got this super narrow field they've yeah got, so you've just got these crazy home field advantages in mls so it really does uh, do you well to do well in the regular season and get to that point so okay um so that is how that works you can win supporter shield and that's great but it really is just to set you up to win mls cup um You've also got some other competitions within the season. So you've got um, our version of the Champions League is the CONCACAF Champions League. So we play against teams from... Panama on up, so Central yeah. America. So can I test your uh, your expertise yeah. and break down what well, CONCACAF stands for? Oh no, there's no way I can break. Do you know? <laughs> no. uh, something if you want to learn. Uh, if you want to learn what CONCACAF stands for, <laughs> go to episode five. By the time we record episode five, we'll figure out what CONCACAF stands for. And yes. please, like, email us or drop us a note if we don't do that. Um, yes. But yeah, so you've got CONCACAF Champions League. Fun fact, a Major League Soccer team has never won the tournament. 
We've really? gotten to okay. three finals and have never won it. So it's yeah, this I think it's this big thing. So if you want to yeah. know more about that, go to that. You've also got US Open Cup, which is our version of like the FA Cup. Okay. Um like it's our it's our so anyone every, can every, enter yeah, it. So it'd be like an MLB. You have triple A, double A, single A, yeah. MLB all playing in a single tournament. So exactly. You, you it's you just can, a single elimination yeah. tournament as well. I mean exactly. it is a blast because you can see some amateur like semi-pro team yeah. beating professional teams making a run to like the fourth round it exactly is, and, and they get so much money from you know getting to play an away game at an MLS and team and getting that gate revenue have and like, stuff you know second jobs or something oh, yeah. like that and so you know so like, the u.s open cup's a ton of fun yeah it's a a once in a lifetime and then you've also got the mls all-star game so similar to how american sports operate we have a mid-season break for an all-star game um i actually got to work in mls all-star game one time uh yeah. doing media operations down in orlando it's a really cool what event what team did they play um, that year was that atletico madrid yeah they played atletico madrid okay. yeah so you basically have this all-star uh, MLS team and they'll bring in some big European side yeah. and they play against them in a the game and it's just it's always fascinating in this like weird little exercise they're debating about going back to like an east-west format so we'll yeah. see where the future that goes but if you want to know more about those special competitions within the season go to episode five where we give you the entire breakdown on that perfect so to kind of finish us off here the real question is does anything we just talked about, does anyone actually care in this country yeah. about this league? Other than us. Spoiler alert, the answer is yes, yes. even though some people will tell you no. <laughs> but this is going to kind of give you an idea of where Major League Soccer stands in sports hierarchy. I'm not going to walk up here and tell you that like this is the Premier League no. or that this is NFL or that this is even college football in the U.S. Because it's not, right? It is what it is. So here's some statistics for you, Matt, okay? So right. the, at- the average attendance, this is according to Soccer Stadium Digest, the average attendance in 2019 for an MLS game, 21,310 people. Okay. So that compare that to the average attendance of major football leagues in Europe. Yeah. Okay. Syria, just above 24,000. That's the Italian league, by the way. La Liga, Spanish, Spanish league, league, 27,000. Okay. So we are right below. Wow, them. Yeah. There, right. That, that's not that big. I mean, obviously you have to think about the fact that like, you know, there's some Serie A and the Liga stadiums that are quite small, yep. and there's probably some more people that want to be at the games that can't be, and, and all this kind of stuff. But yeah. take so take that for whatever value it is. Mm. You've obviously got the Premier League. If you're curious, Premier League thirty-eight thousand, um, Bundesliga forty-two thousand seven hundred. So oh, yeah, but their their stadiums are ginormous, ma- massive stadiums. But Bundesliga has got some of the best fans in the world. I mean, yeah, Dortmund, I was absolutely would, crazy. Bucket list to go to the Yellow Wall at, Dor- at yes. Dortmund. Um, that's one of the biggest clubs in uh, in Germany, and they have aus- this awesome. Yeah, there's section. like this one grandstand or whatever that yeah. that is. I think it's like thirty thousand people. Or I don't even know. I don't even know. It might be. Like, is it, I know it's the largest single like stand in terms yeah. of like a. It's section. huge. Yeah, it's, it's huge. It's, but it's, it's cool. I want to go stand in it. But yeah. So the outliers in that attendance figure, you've got Atlanta United. They yeah. play Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They came in as a recent expansion team and they have knocked it out of the park. Their average attendance. Are you ready for this? Yeah. 52,510 people. Okay. The next closest is Seattle at 40,247. Just a measly 12,000 fan difference. You know, you got stadiums and We're we're talking average attendance here. Like, this isn't their peak. This is what the average of season. So, they're the two outliers. Everyone else averages. Is there a specific reason as to why, just like the soccer culture or like the way that the. Because I know with Seattle, like, they don't have many other sports. So, like, they're. Um, I mean, yeah. all their fans, uh, th- that's like yeah. one of the things that they can hook on to. Soccer culture in the Northwest is, is pretty big as well. I mean, Fair I'm enough. sure Portland would average if they had that big of a stadium. Yeah. It, 
they would probably average close to that as well. They just have a smaller stadium. Yeah. Um, so you've got like those limitations on it and stuff okay. too. But yeah, I mean, that's a good question. That's something we should explore is like, how do these markets do so well yeah. and others don't? I mean, Elena has done an awesome, awesome job. Yeah. Everyone else averages between like the lowest is in the 14,000 range. And then you've got up to like FC Cincinnati is third place at 27,000. Okay. So everyone else is between those two things and it averages out to about 21,000, 22,000. Okay. Um, so that's where that is. And that's, that's pretty crazy to me. So all in all, like attendance definitely has some room for growth, but it, it's very healthy at the moment. And yeah. I'm excited for people to actually be back in the stadium. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously attendance numbers are coming down right now because it's like 10% yeah. capacity. But and, yeah. And I just remember like, uh, if I was like flipping through the channels that night during the week or something, I see like DC United games back when they were in like the FedEx stadium or yeah. uh, it was just like always empty. And so you'd have like these odd games that, that looked really bad on TV where like mm-hmm. it was just very, very empty. That's why um, people, that's why pe- that's why the executives are pushing so hard for everyone to have this soccer civic stadium. Exactly. So Obviously, they can grow yeah. into it. So you can grow into it, and so it actually looks good, and you have a better atmosphere and stuff yeah. like that. Um, for our Charlotte FC people, for um, for context of what Charlotte FC is trying to do, they're going to start off in Bank of America, um, yeah. and they're selling the lower bowl. So their kind of goal is to hit that. The lower bowl capacity is right around 30,000. Yeah. So that's kind of the ownership group's goal right now is to be selling out that 30,000 yeah. consistently, which is what Atlanta United does quite a bit. Yeah. They, they tarp off the top and they sell I mean, out the even, bottom. Even and to then, the same note, like Seattle Sounders, like they, they're in CenturyLink and that's where Seattle Seahawks play and they right. do that for like their top yeah. tier of so, their... So it's, um, a bit of a, it's a bit of a challenge to Charlotte, right? Because the rival's going to be Atlanta. Yeah. So there's a bar to set there. They've got Arthur Blank there. He's the owner. You know David Tepper doesn't want to be second place to Arthur Blank. He's going to yeah. be coming in and splashing the cash. So it's a bit of a challenge to Charlotte soccer fans. Like, we got to fill that stadium yeah. uh, and kind of try to get close I'm, to those I'm Atlanta numbers. I'm pretty hopeful numbers. for it. Like, so, every, every person I've talked to about it is like, oh, yeah, yeah i definitely buy a season tickets, especially if they're, like, reasonably affordable, yeah. too. Yeah. So it's going to be fascinating to, to track that and see where Charlotte FC comes in on those um, statistics. So uh, here's some other statistics for you. Uh, revenue, okay? So okay. the average uh, revenue per team uh, in MLS is $39 million, okay? So that puts us Yikes. right above the um, championship, which is the second division in England. They are yeah. $35 million per team. Um, and then, so you're right around like that area. And then you've obviously just got some like crazy like, France's league is 82 million. Syria's is 113, all the way up to the Premier League, which is 265. Yeah. So that is just like a crazy, crazy amount of revenue. To put it in context of American sports, the average revenue for an NFL team. Mm. Um, oh, so sorry. That was 39 million in euros. Oh, um, okay. So $44 million in American dollars. Okay. Um, NFL. For MLS, um, for team, MLS right? team. Average average revenue per team. NFL, $377 million per team. That's the average revenue. MLB, $291 million. NBA, $225 million. NHL, $104 million. Power 5 college football, $83 million. Uh, MLS, Not about half of that. Yeah. Um, high major college basketball, $21 million. Okay. 21 million. So right, you're still talking like that's, that's healthy revenue, yeah, right? Like yeah. you, you, we're talking $44 million and revenue. And it's sustainable most importantly right? so as well. That's, in sport, that's important to think about when you're saying like, oh, like why doesn't like my MLS team like buy this player for $20 million? Yeah. Well, your revenue is uh And then you got to think like your profit 200% too, of that. at the end of that, what you get to keep in terms of like building on to oh, yeah. like um, 
what you can spend like the next year without right. taking too much of a exactly. loss. Exactly. So if you want to know why the revenue is a bit lower, here's kind of a breakdown of uh, of the revenue we get. MLS team, 50% of their revenue is match day revenue. That gives you an idea of how much they're struggling right now wow. in the coronavirus pandemic. I think the NFL is so, probably a similar... Um, yeah, I don't, have the, I don't have the NFL statistics. Yeah. Um, corporate sponsors for MLS teams is 40%, and broadcast gives them 10% of the revenue, only 10%. Holy Compare crap. that to the top 20 European teams. So mm-hmm. uh, across all of Europe, the top yeah. 20 teams, broadcast source of revenue, 45%. Holy only crap. 18% match day. And thirty and similar for the corporate sponsors, thirty eight percent. So like them so going to that's where the difference is because yeah. when you are like basing your revenue on match day, that's capped to how big your stadium is yeah. and how much you're charging for tickets. So there isn't a lot of room to go there. So but that's actually a bit of a good thing for us because that means we're we're maxing out match day revenue right yeah. now and broadcast revenue when we renegotiate the TV deal uh, for Major League Soccer that's gonna be a that's big deal. Like, what a year or two? Yeah, pretty soon it's gonna be right before the 2026 World Cup. So okay. that's kind of like the business metric right now is like you know trying to get a better that's TV right. deal. Yeah. So that's yeah. gonna give you more and more more and more profit and help these owners to to turn a better profit. Um, but to give you an idea of why these TV ratings are a little lower. So this is the average number of viewers per national telecast. It doesn't include live streaming. So okay. the NFL, 14.9 million. Okay. They're a major outlier. The next closest is Power 5 college football, 2 to 5 million. Um, NBA, 1.3 million, kind of all the way down. It's, there's like a 10 million gap. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, like, my God. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, more, more like a 13 million gap between the NBA and the NFL. Um, MLB, 1 million. Uh, the Premier League in the U.S. gets 383,000. MLS really? gets 307,000. So it's not actually oh. that far behind, according to what I'm looking at right now. And I mean, obviously, obviously these, these measures aren't like apples to apples and, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of these statistics are from like Forbes and, and a okay. lot of that kind of stuff. Cool. But, and it does, there's huge well, spikes for to me, though, postseason events and stuff. I, I, yeah. I would be dead convinced that, like, really excited. Really, I mean, yeah. I would be interested to see what, like, Liga MX like, is. Liga MX is 584,000 yeah, in the U.S. so I figured it so, would be a lot higher. Okay, everyone, make sure you heard that right. Liga MX, which is the Mexican first division. In the U.S., their TV rating is 584,000. Compare that to the Premier League. 383,000. So if you are a major league soccer executive, don't waste your time marketing towards the European soccer fans. There is such a big Latino population and Hispanic population in the United States that is big, big soccer fans. That if you can be a dual language club, like Inter Miami is doing a great job of doing right now. If you do that stuff, LAFC, like that, you will get tons of fans of that because the base is there. Um, So that's a little bit of a soapbox for me there, but yeah, wow. so th- that's kind of where MLS stands in the in, in the hierarchy of both European soccer and, um, and and U.S. soccer. So, all in all, not where we want to be. Yeah. Not where MLS wants to be. It wants to be higher, but not in a horrible spot either. No. Not not as bad as you you would maybe think, given sometimes their lack of relevance. Um, yeah, I so. mean, you, you don't really see them on like Sports Center yeah. or anything like that. I mean, other than like the odd like bicycle kick or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but yeah, other than that, there's not too yeah. much. So um, obviously the, the big focus for them is going to be getting a better TV deal. Um, and, yeah, that's and, killer. Yeah, so 
that's going to be really big. And, and obviously, the 2026 World Cup is going to be here in the United States, um, as well as Mexico and Canada. So yeah. really big. Re- MLS has got to really gain some momentum here and hook on to the momentum of that World Cup, just exactly. like they have done, as we talked about, throughout their history. Yeah. 1996 was the genesis for the league. 2002 helped us stabilize. And then now, hopefully, 2026 help, helps us get a better TV deal and helps us place ourselves more uh, among the major parts of uh, the yeah. hierarchy of And especially of after, especially after COVID, like that's yeah. really exposed like those um, butts and seats uh, yeah. kind of, um, I guess, revenue structures that that uh, I mean, at least the NFL is like very known for for having that. That's why yeah. you have all these teams are advocating for, hey, we really want to get our fans back. And so you see that with MLS. If you watch like any time recently, uh, even in the highlights, you have fans like at games now, um, right. even in the midst of COVID. And then you got NFL coming up and people wanting to do that. But you go over to Europe, they're banking like 40 whatever percent, like that you said, on uh, TV revenue alone. Right. And so they, they don't have a single fan. And they have stadiums that can fit like just as many as like our NFL stadiums. And, exactly. and they aren't hurting nearly as bad, yeah. like uh, threatening, like, you know, yeah. going under yeah. necessarily. So I think these numbers kind of give you an idea of why Major League Soccer is trying to really conservatively and methodically and intentionally grow. They don't just want to take the reins off and just let people spend freely because we're just not generating that kind of revenue and relevance yet. And if you let that happen, then that's what happens with the, that's what happened with yeah. the NASL basically yeah. uh, stuff I mean, comes I'll crashing be, down yeah, so they're, they're trying to, to methodically grow it um, how they can balance we'll that yeah that's that's the ho- that's the problem like choking the regulations too much which i think that they're at a point right now cuz they're kind of at a tipping point um, in terms of just like my background of like understanding foreign markets of how they structure it um, like I, I mean, I tried to look at like how Charlotte FC like signed our first player or whatever, and it just makes no sense. And, and they were talking about like these articles were talking about all these rules and yeah. stipulations, and it was just a headache. And I was like, I mean, if it's like a headache for for like a new fan, like you know, I mean, it's hard. It's, it's got to yeah. be hard for all these executives as well. Yeah. So that's why we're here, though. We're going to yeah. we'll plug episode four again. Uh, head on over to episode four. We'll explain all that stuff to you. Uh, it does look really, really overwhelming at first. But when you kind of break it down, it makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of parallels to what happens in um, a lot of other American sports leagues. Um, if you're a European soccer fan, you might not be quite as familiar with it. But um, if you're American, I'm sure you know a little bit of, at least about like NFL, NBA, that kind of stuff. So okay. uh, we'll break it down, uh, and it, it won't get it won't get too bad. Uh, I promise. No, uh, I'll I hope make not. it. We'll, we'll make the complex simple on that one. Um, so yeah, that about wraps us up through our general overview and introduction to the league. Uh, hopefully, Matt, you know, uh, you, you feel a little bit better about. Um, you know, just your general knowledge of, of how all this stuff works from yeah, a competition standpoint. I mean, I, I, I don't really know the history of MLS other than just like the quirks that you'll see, like weirdest MLS things that you see on like YouTube. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you watch any soccer, like yeah. the um, algorithm for YouTube will like automatically put up these like obscure videos mm-hmm. of MLS. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's cool. I, I'll be excited to kind of learn more about transfer policies. Oh, yeah. Um, how, like, different teams approach um, establishing a culture, um, like, that's unique to their city. 
Exactly. Um, and I mean, just like in general, getting to learn more about the teams and like the different characteristics of the league, because it's so much different than anything that I'm used to. And hopefully that much of our um, audience will, will also not be used to. Right. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what um, what more anomalies we find within the MLS as we kind of dive deeper uh, in the future. Yep. Exactly. So um, next up, we're going to have um, episode two. We'll give you an outline of all the teams in MLS. Um, so we'll kind of we'll tell you who who's the, who's who, uh, who's important, who's good, yeah. who's been historically good and isn't as good now. We'll give you some comparisons to American sports and European soccer as we have done throughout. Uh, and then we'll get into the players in episode three, then those roster rules that you're really interested in in episode yeah. four, and then those special competitions like Champions League, U.S. Open Cup, MLS All-Star Game in episode five. So that's where we're going. Hopefully you'll tune in. Um, please, if you guys can, listen and subscribe. That helps us out a lot. Uh, and if you know anyone that would enjoy this and is looking to become a fan of Major League Soccer Charlotte or Charlotte FC, uh, please share this podcast with them. Uh, we'd like to yeah, grow the audience base sure. as much as possible. Yeah, And you can follow us on our social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yep, uh, I'll drop those links in the show notes yep. for us. And um, yeah, give us a follow there. Always open to you guys interacting with us. Uh, send us a DM. Uh, send us an email at uh, whatthefcpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Um, we'd love to hear the types of questions you have. Um, maybe we glossed over something that you're like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Or, yeah. or you'd like to hear us talk about something specific or you have a story idea for us later on. Mm-hmm. Feel free to drop that stuff to yeah. us. So. And, and maybe we can do an episode where like, or, or at least parts of episodes where we, we just like catch little um, blips that we might have missed that oh, you yeah. all point out and yeah, uh, sure. make sure to respond to those as soon as possible. Exactly. All right. So this is us signing off again. I'm Will Martin and I'm Matt McCutcheon and this is What the FC. Oh, 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 oh